1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: All righty, football fans. We are well into one of the wildest off seasons in recent, if not long-term memory in Patriots Nation. And that's why your old pals Fitzy and Hart are here. On the Six Rings and Football Things broadcast, Pats, Pals, and Foxborough friends, we welcome you to the latest and always greatest edition of your favorite Foxborough football forum. Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. On today's show, catching up at the tail end of a very super and altogether wild card of a weekend, we will discuss the latest and try to make something resembling sense of everything that's gone on in Foxborough over the past week as chaos reigns supreme at Castle Craft. Coaches coming in, coordinators being interviewed, slurs, innuendos, allegations, rumors. Oh, my. Bill Belichick is off talking to other people about positions, but could his kids stick around for the next iteration of the Patriots party? We will see. We got two quick legs for you today. We'll try to make some sense of everything that happened to Belichick. What's going on with Mayo, who will be introduced tomorrow Wednesday at high noon at one formerly Tom Brady and Bill Belichick place and then we'll catch up on the wild card weekend what we think is coming our way for divisional weekend. where will Bill Belichick end up? Will he bother taking Matt Patricia with him and so much more. All right Andy let's just uh all right where the hell are we right now like it's it feels like it feels like there was just absolute chaos for a couple of days. And then there was football on television all weekend long. And now things are sort of starting to settle down. Yet at the same time, there's, a, there's still a lot leaking out of Gillette and the New England Patriots that makes you think that while uh, calm um, and stability are, will be preached to us, um, there's a little bit more than meets the eye.
3: Oh, I think we are years from calm and stability. I think we are trying to, you know, bottom out first before we start the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually texting back and forth with somebody in the organization yesterday, and they certainly um, supported that opinion that there is a lot of, you know, what hitting the fan and kind of being figured out. And once it splatters on the wall, then trying to wipe it off the wall and clean the wall, maybe repaint the wall after it hits the wall.
2: I um, say you just burn the room down and make and find it, make a new room.
3: And I I think that's just so remarkable for us to think about address like the most stable organization in all of sports for the last two decades or the bulk of the last two decades Mm -hmm. is now really trying to figure out where it is, how it gets back to a high level. What path are there going to be multiple paths? And, you know, Gerard Mayo, we have these reports of him bringing scouts into meeting rooms to sort of, uh, remove the siloed thinking within the organization I think is how it was was portrayed Mm -hmm. Um, but we also just have Gerard Mayo interviewing coaches we have Gerard Mayo potentially keeping some coaches you know there was a report from Burt Breer that there was going to be like a wide ranging hunt for an offensive coordinator but that Bill O'Brien could get the job and it's like well He's already in the job, so are we firing him? Is he interviewing for a job he already has while he has it to maybe keep it? And like,
2: do we tell him like, "Hey, I, I'm right here in the room." Yeah, if you could do me a favor and just walk out of the room and walk back in, right, so right. as to make it seem like you're actually interviewing. Yeah, but I'm right here. If I could just let's we 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 talked all year long. I know, I know, but if you could just go wait out there and then I'll have Diane come bring you. I mean, it's not all right. So here's what we know right now: Gerard Mayo. Yes, he is your. He is the new head coach of the New England Patriots. He is the the franchise's first African-American head coach. He is now the youngest head coach in the NFL, certainly in franchise history as well, at Wait, the tender I... age of 37. Uh, both of us are almost old enough to be his dad. Yes. I brought some research to the table that I want to throw out there just to... You put... did research
3: for this podcast? Damn, well, I did it for something I wrote, so now I can use it on the podcast. Um, wow. Double right. dipping. Multitasking, double hard dipping.
2: Hard. Good job. Good job.
3: Um it's like when you get the long chicken finger and you dip one end in, bite it, flip it around, dip the other end it's in. It's not
2: technically double dipping, no, even though is it is. Fresh end. It's a fresh right. end. Like, okay. Fresh end. We're, we, and here on Six Rings we are all about fresh ends.
3: We're about fresh ends. We love burnt ends, fresh ends, fresh and all ends, ends um, and happy ends. So, you as you mentioned, 15th head coach in the history of the Patriots. So, I went back and I just wanted to look at all the head coaches, what their first year looked like, how the transitional process went, things of that nature. So, I removed the four head coaches who were interim head coaches the prior season, because mm-hmm. I think that's different. You had half a year to kind of get your feet under you. You kind of transition the process, maybe keep it, whatever. Because one, two, three of those guys had winning records in their first year as head coach once they dropped the interim tag. But that's okay. kind of relevant to this situation because Bill Belichick did not have an interim coach. You know what I mean? Gerard Mail taking over from scratch transition. Okay. So, of all the other coaches, there's nine of them that were just mm-hmm. first-year head coaches.
2: Straight up, just a first-year head coach.
3: One had a winning record. His name was?
2: Pete Carroll.
3: Peter Carroll, officially. Went
2: 10-6 um, his first year, uh, 1997, correct?
3: Coming off a Super Bowl team. Went 10-6 and six when Bill Parcells left. All the other eight had losing records. Mm-hmm averaged 4.5 wins per season
2: that's uh well that's that's a very comfortable area for us right now because it's at least familiar
3: and only dick mcpherson who everybody loves to say like oh great guy terrible coach Mm -hmm. only dick mcpherson reached six wins everybody else was five wins or fewer so
2: well the um, rod russ of the world kind of queer that because one in 15 will do that to you
3: well, not really, because Belichick five and eleven, Parcells yep. five and eleven, McPherson six and ten, Rust one and fifteen, Ron Meyer five and four, Fairbanks five and nine, Rush four and ten, sabin five and nine. You basically win four or five games in your first year as a New England. Oh, and conveniently, they're coming off a four win season, so uh,
2: if nowhere friends... to go
3: but up, uh, or, or stay the same, or try to tread water and at least stay the same. So our friends. Um, from FanDuel, when you get the uh, over-unders for win totals for next year, I'd like to get a look at those because mm-hmm. if you set something north of, let's just say, five, five-and-a-half, four-and-a-half, six, six-and-a-half, any of those things, I will be leaning toward the under, and certainly if you go any higher, but I don't know why you go any higher. So just on the challenge that Gerard Mayo faces is I think some people, including, strangely, our afternoon show host, Adam Jones, who's like, yeah, you can turn things around in a hurry. You can go from worst to first in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. I think that's an unfair expectation for Gerard Mayo. He should it, be expected to win
2: like five games. It is. However, you can look to a North Star, which coincidentally enough, the stars are bright deep at night in the heart of Texas. So you'd have to actually look south to look for your North Star here. That being the Houston Texans. Not to say that all of a sudden you're going to find a team that's going to – um massage an awkward situation for you and give you a Herschel Walker-esque haul for your creepo quarterback. Uh, The Patriots have a pretty good standing in the upcoming draft as well as a lot of free agent money to spend and perhaps maybe some of the dysfunction that has been jettisoned or at least so we're told or led to believe that some of the dysfunction has been jettisoned, although it sounds like there's still plenty of fresh dysfunction. It's kind of like I always say, whenever you find a termite, if you find a cockroach, if you find a spot of mold, that's not it the only spot of mold, cockroach, or termite. There's always more. Call you a best be careful. Yeah, call a professional, exactly. Don't just try to do it yourself. <clears throat> Nota bene, Mr. Kraft and family. Call professionals. Don't just try to do it yourself. And that is going to be a common theme on this podcast, on the off-season, whenever we're on the airwaves, and I think this entire off-season long, into free agency and the draft. Don't just try to do it yourself. If there's an issue, call a professional. Um. So you could look to somebody like the Texans and say, well, geez, whiz, they were awful. And everyone predicted them to have the worst record in the AFC and definitely finished last in the AFC South. Now they've gone to the playoffs. They had a winning record. They have a quarterback. They have a young head coach who's defensive minded, has that team pointed in the right direction. And oh, by the way, they just absolutely kicked the crap out of the hottest team headed into the playoffs last weekend in stunning fashion. And now people don't give them any chance in divisional weekend against the Ravens. But at the same time, I'm not counting them out. That's a fun team to watch right now. I think that is a heavy set of expectations to put on the shoulders of Mayo, insert name of new quarterback and whoever else will be on the 2024 Patriots. But I can see where some may try to draw the comp.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
3: Yeah, just like when people tried to compare Mac Jones to Joe Burrow. Stupid comp. Um, do the Patriots have two picks in the top
2: three? Are they going to get that? Yeah, are they going to get a quarterback and, a, and an edge rusher just like that? Are they Now some, they... Now some are going to say, oh, well, it's, uh, they didn't have Judon and Gonzalez all last year. So those are going to be like draft picks. No, they're just yeah. going to be returning Not players. Not like could... draft picks. Get the yeah. F out of here. <laughs> um, and they're... I would
3: also argue the Texans had –
2: nick casario in place for four years now yep I think and so. they shed themselves of easterbee which was also one of the best moves they made the patriots have
3: somebody making decisions or lots of people making decisions or that's maybe... what
2: and that's what again don't just try to do it yourself call a professional i don't care if it's john sewer roto rooter i bring some buddies in we get pizza beer and i got buddies Look, there's as good a chance that if you, me, Shime and Keith sit in a room and we do pizza, pizza and beer buddies and we run the draft, it may go as well as everyone else that that it could now be this bizarre behind the scenes, non GM consortium of draft selection and player analysis. that's going on with the Patriots, right? It's a it's I, this makes no sense to me. The way I've boiled it down, Andy, the way I've tried to explain it to friends that keep asking, like, why? So why did they get rid of Belichick? Like, why now? Like, someone else is going to snap him up immediately. He can still obviously coach this. The Patriots were so, if I'm reading all the reports correctly and everything you and I hear from people in the organization, people with connections to people and people and more people from Patriots, et cetera. It sounds like the New England Patriots were so ready to get rid of Bill Belichick, the GM, Bill Belichick, the personnel guy, that they were willing to rid themselves of Bill Belichick and the coach, Bill Belichick, the coach, as collateral damage in the process. That's really what it seems like to me. They wanted Bill, the personnel guy, out so badly for the last 10 years of drafts, um, what they believe to be roster mismanagement, bad picks, et cetera, that they were willing to say, okay, Bill, the coach, you are the price we have to pay for it. Yeah. No, I think
3: that's accurate. And, but I also think the crafts are hesitant to tear down the so-called, and this is just a loose phrase, the Patriot way. Like, I think they are really afraid to rip it up and just start afresh because then
2: they're the Patriot way. Then
3: it has nothing to do with Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. This is so weird. Uh, it is very weird. I don't think it's going to work now. We may be, um, presuming and assuming some things that aren't true. They're, Maybe they just elevate Elliot Wolf to a final say position. The name I keep hearing is Elliot Wolf. I feel like yep. he's at worst a key figure, at best the GM or whatever you want to call him. He he ascends to the final say of someone not named craft level. But if it really is uh, Matt Groh, Elliot Wolf, uh, whoever they else they keep throwing in there that could like no too many cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Now I know Gerard Mayo definitively according to Tom Curran, does not want personnel say, is not trying to oversee the football operation. Um, that was a report from NBC Sports Boston over the weekend. So I think that's good uh, because I don't think Gerard is ready for that. If he thought he was, he should just sit down and talk to Josh McDaniels and the poop show that unfolded in Denver when Josh arrived, not expecting to run the personnel. And then he and like Fellow 30-year-old Brian Zanders were running the personnel department and ran it right into the ground because they just weren't ready, weren't prepared, weren't experienced enough to do it. So I don't hate Elliot Wolf, the idea, but I hate the idea of not having a name. We need a name. Even if there is a more collaborative approach, if it's not Belichickian and dictatorial, Mm -hmm. if it if it's more open-minded and What does Gerard keep saying? Diversity of thought and psychological comfort in sharing ideas and all of that. But I need a name. Gerard Mayo over here. And I need a name over here. Elliot Wolf. I don't care. Matt Groh. Do I want Matt Groh? No, I don't want Matt Groh. Matt Groh has been sullied by Taequann Thornton and Pierre Strong and some of the things that are tied to him fairly or unfairly. Um, But I need a name. I want somebody that I feel like is in control. And I think people in the building need a name they just want someone works. to look to they just yeah. want some, like if you, you don't know look- who your boss is then you don't have a boss
2: are you talking about our... arc and about them oh oh, oh okay sorry focus. I wasn't sure what you were... focus again sorry i know i'm such an emotionally bankrupt person that i uh it's just sorry. emotionally <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> uh andy and i are writing a book about the patriots uh, it begins in chapter 11. So uh, (laughs) come on, if we don't laugh about it, first of all, you know, my rule, it's never too soon. And second of all, laughter is the best medicine. True. That said, Andy, I, I couldn't agree with you more in that you're just coming out of this decades long or rather, excuse me, for the longest time when the Patriots had success. Crazy thing is we knew who the defensive coordinator was. We knew it was Romeo Cornell or Charlie Weiss or it was Josh McDaniels or it was, uh uh what's his name who went down to who went to baltimore dean p's or it was um uh, oh, yeah. matt yeah. patricia or it was brian floor like when you named like the all these successful seasons had somebody that you look to who was that person at the top and gerard mayo probably would like to be able to discuss these matters with and have a say in it but also i'm going to hire other people that i respect as professionals to do their particular jobs that i can consult with and trust You know, you can't just have you can't just, you know, have like a chancellor or principal or someone to head up the school. And then what do you have? I have a bunch of educators. Do you have a science teacher? Do you have a math teacher? No, there's we have a bunch of good teachers, a good teacher. Exactly. Just like Bill Belichick thought, you know, a a good football coach can coach. We just saw this. We just saw the whole Patricia debacle with going from offense defense to offense. And now he went from offense to defense in Philadelphia. You should try special praise. Piece.
3: Maybe he's good Maybe at that.
2: He, you know, he wasn't good at offensive line. Wasn't good at defense. Wasn't good at offense. Honest to God. You reap what you sow sometimes. Is a bad coach the- a bad coach is the inverse of Bill's just, theory. What, also- is wrong, what is wrong with just saying, okay, here is our general manager. He will oversee all personnel management, roster acquisitions, draft, and more. Great. He'll have other people he works with. He'll consult with the head coach. Not naming a GM till after the draft. I feel like any, like at first there was the, the seismic eruption of Belichick being gone. And then it was Mayo. And then people like you took the poll on Twitter and it was off discussed And we had so many calls on the radio over the weekend, like, really, mayo. But then I felt things settling down just a little bit because a lot of players spoke up on behalf of and in favor of Gerard Mayo, both former players, current players. And I don't think they were just doing the laundry for the organization. And things started to feel like they settled down. And then came the stories out of the building of well, they may not hire a general manager until after the draft. Well, they may not name official positions. Well, actually, uh, Josh McDaniels may just come run the offense again. Actually, it may be Bill O'Brien. Who knows? Maybe we'll just keep the bell checks. Maybe we'll. Uh, and, but uh, most especially, that whole GM thing and thinking that people in ownership, people that ownership has known for a long time, could be the ones that are running the personnel show in this arguably the most pivotal offseason for the franchise in decades. I'm sorry that that's enough to give you night sweats. I, I just, I'm, I feel, I think it's weird. And I, I can't stress enough how much I think it would provide comfort for people inside the building, as well as the fans that hopefully will return, drink the beers, eat the sausages outside, then come sit in the seats and pay a lot of money to watch the football team provide a competent pro uh, product for the fans. Again, I, they just, What the hell, dude? Why would you not have a GM?
3: Well, and also, I don't care about GM. People seem to fixate on, oh, Robert's never had a GM. I don't care what the title is, as long as there's a head that people know is the boss of that side of the operation. Right? Call it football operations, president something, VPs. I, I don't care. Like, Bobby Greer was here, and Bobby Greer headed the personnel department. Then Bill Belichick took over. Bill Belichick's been here. I need somebody to take over. I also need to clean up. I think actually Curran reported that Jonathan didn't want head of football operations power. Um, and I know people, that's been like a fixation on Twitter and sports talk radio. Jonathan's ruining everything. Jonathan doing this. Jonathan's trying to turn it into the Cowboys. To which I say, you mean one of the most talented rosters in football? God forbid Jonathan want to turn it into one of the most talented rosters in football. I don't know if he's capable, but I can mm. tell you, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, their problem
2: in Dallas is not talent. No, 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 no. They have a terrific roster that has talent and depth at almost every position that the Patriots currently lack talent and depth. And yes, I agree. Jonathan, Jonathan Kraft, if anyone, after the last six days, if you had to like, we're not here to vilify or like point the finger of blame at anyone. There are so many parties that had involvement and culpability that led to where we are, the dismissal of Belichick and beyond. Jonathan Kraft didn't exactly. Hopefully he doesn't check Twitter much because or Twix, as we call it now, because he didn't exactly have the best week on there. And a lot of Pats fans are singling out he as their uh, target of frustration right now. But But in terms of what I
3: don't really understand, like, how did that happen? Um, Is it just low hanging fruit? Is it a personal thing? Here's stories because I've found myself in a weird spot where I'm kind of defending him in that. And I said this to you Mm -hmm. on the radio. Yes, my dad. I'm going to come back at you like and I think he felt at times Bill Belichick was disrespectful to his father, who, as Bill O'Brien told us when he was talking about the hierarchy of the Patriots organization, Kraft, Belichick, the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And I think there is that there were times I think where Bill may have um, in his own mind blurred the lines between the Kraft level and the Belichick level. Like I'm the most important person in this building and. So Jonathan, I think, has a lot of faults and we will see where he takes this team in the coming weeks, months, years as his father um, sort of exits the process at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fault Jonathan Kraft for being angry that the head coach was disrespecting his father. He he actually went up a couple levels in my book defending his dad to the end. Like if you want to create John, because there's some people that think Jonathan would like turn on Robert just for power. Like, oh, if he could squeak. No, he's no. loyal to his dad. I know one thing that I that I truly believe about Jonathan Kraft, for better or worse. I believe he's loyal to his dad and to the Kraft name and the Kraft family. And so while I understand people are looking for somebody to blame, I guess, in this process and like, mm-hmm. oh, I love Robert. He's the patriarch of Patriot Nation. And it's not Bill's fault because he gave us all those titles. It can't be him. Well, I guess, Jonathan, you're going to have to be the fall guy for this little uh, affair here. I. I'm not ready to go down that road just yet. There's a long time for us to acquire information in that area to see how that plays out.
2: Now, we know one thing that the Kraft family and the organization seems to be very concerned with maintaining a positive nature to would be optics. They they Mr. Kraft does not ever want to be seen as the bad guy. He does not want to be the fall guy. He wants to be beloved. I think in a lot of ways. The Brady fallout and everything that came, came with that organizationally and personally has hurt him to this day, and I think he's still kind of trying to tread emotional water and make up for that, which is why he wanted to go through the show and program he did last week. Here's me and Bill. I'm not going to hug him or kiss him because he has a cold, but here we are shaking hands and smiling as we bid each other farewell after 24 years working together cooperatively in the greatest football dynasty ever. That's great. But I did hear this question posed over the weekend. I'm not sure if it was either on a football pod or our airwaves. But do you think possibly that with the moves that have been made and the way things are getting shaped up now, that the Kraft organization, the Kraft family, and all their closest lieges that are still working hand-in-hand hand with them, do they think, like, they, they don't think they're responsible for all the success, right? They 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 know that this is really... Like, they hire good people, which is great, and that's, the, that's one of the great signs of a good leader is to hire the right people to do a good job. That's why Gerard Mayo is now interviewing candidates and hopefully will establish clear lines of coordinators all over. The crafts don't think they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for all this success, do they? I don't think the crafts do.
3: Okay. I think there are people in that building that be- believe they are more responsible for some of the successes over the last quarter of a century than they really are. I would we'll co-sign
2: that. on that. I would, but let's just leave it at that. Exactly. I would co-sign with that as well. And again, it makes it weird. Hopefully again, some, some front runners for different positions will establish themselves. Hopefully we'll soon have clearer delineation of job responsibilities and we'll know who's doing what, uh, again, still two months till free agency, but there's bowls to scout. There are, there are play, there are workouts and combines and oh, yeah. so coming much fast and furious.
3: Um, let me ask you before we move on transition a little bit here. Do Who do you want running the Patriots offense next year? Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, or totally new person? Other. You want other? Okay. I want other. Because just... it does sound like either or both of those guys could be in consideration. There was one day there where the McDaniels rumor was like hot and furious. I think mm-hmm. Crap Sheet has it. Mm-hmm. Then Greer reported that O'Brien is still in the mix and he could be there. Um, but I, I think without doing a poll, maybe I'll do mm-hmm. a poll at some point, but um, I think Patriot Nation agrees with you. I think most of Patriot Nation is all, they want to read one of these names that Gerard Mayo is interviewing to be a Shane Waldron, a young up and coming Mm -hmm. offensive mind who may or may not have ties to Shanahan or McVay or the things that are kind of working in the NFL right now.
2: I just, I don't even need to see a replication of Ben Johnson's offense or Kyle Shanahan's offense. I just want to, I don't know what it is. Like, whatever works, works, and that's all, ultimately all we want. But I think we've all seen the same thing for so long now that it just sort of feels like it just sort of, you know what it does? You're, you're the one who always, like, will first bust out singing, like, glory days. Like, I, it feels like we're still trying to hold on to pieces and remnants and vestiges of yesterday while trying to turn to a, a new tomorrow. In order to get here and, like, have the future be different and unique and let it be itself you can't keep trying to live in the past who you we have to let it go who we
3: when you say we you mean we me we you we fans you people that foxborough faithful or do we we it up the uh, depth chart a little higher to we people inside the organization i think we we it up a little bit me too and i think yeah. that's a, and i understand it as someone who hates change mm-hmm. and is like well I mean, from massachusetts working, we don't like, do
2: change very well no, in massachusetts no i get it
3: I totally get that. And I probably would struggle if in position, if I had been lucky enough to be a, you know, as they say, a craft sperm and made it to that level and that whole thing, I think it would be um, a really tough decision. Like, do we sever ties with everything and anything that's connected to the Belichick era, or do we try to piecemeal something together? That's the next great era of the Patriot way with Gerard Mayo as the bridge because he was there and now he's here you know that's a that's a tough decision, but I would also caution people. Look to Philadelphia, where new offense, young offense, shows doesn't always work. So they have transitioned from Shane Steichen under Nick Sirianni to Brian Johnson, I believe his name is mm-hmm. the current offensive coordinator.
2: Lead singer of ACDC.
3: In the I don't get it. He's in the crosshairs for everybody because that offense has fallen apart to the point where. Jalen Hurts is mad at A.J. Brown, is mad at, you know, Dallas Goddard. They're all like yelling at, at each each Jalen other, Hurts.
2: Like, I mean, everybody. I bl- personally, I blame Big Dom because they were one in six ever since ba- now. One, uh, ever since Big Dom got in the argument on the sideline and got tossed. Or you but, could blame Patricia or you could blame Sirianni or you could well, blame. You can't really blame people. Patricia for the offense. And the offense has not been as good this year.
3: Oh, it's been in- brutal.
2: It looks so oh. predictable and it's very slow moving and it's plodding. So it's and last pitch-
3: year even though it has yeah. a young up-and-coming coach. It's still mm-hmm. the Patriots. So
2: offense can go poorly even if you have a young up-and-coming coach. Hey, and A.J. Brown, he didn't get to play in that absolute decimation of the Eagles by Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers on Monday night. He has deleted all of his Instagram references and social media mentions of New the England. Eagles. Come on, come back where you were meant to be in the first place. Why Third not? Slide on.
3: Charm. You were supposed to be here in the draft. You didn't. You went to Tennessee. You should have come here for your trade. You didn't. You went to Philly. Third time is a charm. Get your ass to Fox, bro. Because if I can go AJ Brown, Jaden Daniels, uh, oh, I'm willing. Oh, give me my old face. Show you my old face on a Tuesday, morning. <laughs> That'll
2: solve your number one receiver issues ASA MFP. Couple last things here in the first leg before we get to uh, the back end of the pod here, Andrew. Um, so I heard that they never, so Vrabel was never communicated with, contacted, interviewed at all. They just went straight to the Mayo Clause. So yeah. as much as we all thought Not like the that sequel was gonna... to
3: the sequel, to the sequel, to the Santa Claus, it's the Mayo Claus. Exactly.
2: He's the football uh, Santa in Foxborough now. Uh, so Mayo. Uh, so it was always Mayo. Uh, that was, as we say, oftentimes here, it was fait de complet. It was contractually obligated. There was no variable contact. And that was that. So whatever, whoever had that pipe dream, sorry, it was never even realized or fantasized about in Foxborough. Also, Do you think
3: there was a buyout by the way? I saw somebody when I was on the radio yesterday. Somebody posed the idea they had actually speculated, rumored, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to pull a Ben Volan and use like a, like a texter as a source, but wondering could the, you know, how in a lot of sports, especially mm-hmm. baseball, it's common they have these options. And sometimes, if you don't pick it up, if you decide to move on, you got to pay five million dollars, you know, mm-hmm. to walk away from the contract. My guess is there was probably something like that. If this was a binding contract where he gets elevated, or well, the or part is probably you owe him five million bucks to buy him out to let him. Oh, go. there
2: would have been a mayo buyout if they didn't. No, I think they I don't think I think it's a they put themselves into such a precarious situation because it would have looked terrible. Like, all right, so you went through the trouble of letting everyone know you didn't want to let this guy leave the building and then you made it seem clear that he was your succession plan. And then the second another head coach like became available, you just discarded this guy. Like
3: you, you got engaged to- then a hot
2: blonde walked by and you're like, Hey, uh, can I have that ring back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really like, like this, like, again, like the youngest coach, a minority coach, like all these, all these boxes and great looks for the crafts would have completely come undone in a moment's notice. It was like, oh, just a a buddy from your old, uh, oh, a glory days buddy from the first part of the dynasty. A red white guy with ties to the dynasty. (laughs) Correct. Exactly. It would have looked terrible. So I think in a lot of ways they, they tied their own hands and look. This is not to denigrate or even squash whatever potential Gerard Mayo may have. He could be amazing, like I said. We'll put we'll put that D'Amico Ryans or something resembling that comp out there, but he'll still be his own man. He's obviously a great speaker. Can't wait to hear in a little over 24 hours from him as well. Last thing, Andy, mm-hmm. when all the draft hubbub came out of, of recent years and how Bill was not as collaborative as people wanted and disagreements on personnel, again, which is what leads me to sort of summarize everything as – they wanted to get rid of Bill the GM so badly, they also got rid of Bill the coach, and that's the only way that they could possibly pull this off. The whole like he didn't want Mac Jones. It makes you, finally validates the sort of idea that it was more of an organizational pick, not a Belichick pick. Hence that video, like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? He wanted to wait around for Davis Mills, right? Which you'd still be in the same spot. You'd still I mean, was, nothing would be different. Everything no. it could it could actually be worse, but.
3: Well, yeah, because you may not have made the playoffs as a rookie because I don't think Davis Mills is as talented or whatever as Mac is. Now, well, we've gone through it. Mac's broken, so what he is now is not what his upside is or was when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what to make. I still believe Bill Belichick made the pick. I think Robert made it clear he wanted a quarterback, and then Bill made the pick. Yeah. Um, Fine, I'll and take think- Mac.
2: Nick Saban told me he's good. Fine, whatever. Right.
3: Like, I, I don't think he was doing cartwheels and, like, whatever, but – I also don't think his hands were tied and he made the pick because somebody else made him make it. He kind of went along to get along and said, really, what's the difference? I need a quarterback. Do I wait around? Because I know there's some people that are like, he would have taken Barmore at 15 and then Davis Mm -hmm. Mills in the third. Well, so you'd still be in the same spot. Barmore is a good player. You ended up getting lucky and getting Barmore. So in actuality, maybe they were right. You got Barmore later and you got a better quarterback uh, option. Yeah, yeah. So maybe... Whoever made the decision actually probably made the best decision, even though it didn't work out because then things happen
2: with the quarterback, blah, blah, blah. F- always interesting with these second-round defensive guys that Belichick would have liked to have taken first. Like, he would have taken Barmore first overall in the middle of the first round. As he's proven, he had first-round talent and then some. As he's now really elevated, his game and become a star on the past defensive line. Priority resign, please, Gerard Mayo and whoever else is in charge, please and thank you. Well, there's a lot of names to include there.
3: Yeah, Yeah. it's not just whoever else. Yeah, you got to match. Yeah, exactly. I know
2: Gerard Mayo at all. I should say. Excuse me, Brian Smith. Um, But what about like last year? He would have taken Keon White if Christian Gonzalez wasn't there. Like, it's terrible. Terrible. Yes, terrible. Like again, I like Keon White, but I'm doing here. Yeah, I mean, again, again, this is why it all got to be where it is, and why these things happen. So, uh, the and names for you guys to keep on the radar. Nothing is certain, but the Patriots have begun some coordinator interviews as well. They spoke to Panthers linebackers coach Tem Lakabu, uh, who has been in the league for a couple of years as well. I know you're probably thinking to yourself, "Yes, the one unit last year that was the most underrated in the NFL was the pack of the Panthers linebackers." I'm fired up. Seems like a bright young mind as well, well regarded. If he's the first guy Mayo spoke with, I have to think I got to trust my new coach. That obviously he sees something in him that merits an interview, and they're looking well, to just report- real quick former defensive coordinator at boston
3: college so oh in- that's right local
2: guy so the the relationship ties could to Massachusetts Yeso. football we like that as well and they have spoken with falcon special teams coach marquise williams about the vacancy at special teams i don't care if they hire you if they uh, whoever they hire uh it's if it's not cam accord and joe judge fine by me we are already making progress the falcons by the way had mid-tier special teams a couple seasons uh, in 2022. They were the fifth-ranked special teams unit overall, so good, bad, okay, fine. Also not Cam Accord and Joe Judge, so we'll see where those things go. We'll keep you abreast uh, on the airwaves, whether we're on the Rich Keefe show, the weekends, the Six Rings pod, beyond our Twitter feeds at JumboHeart at Fitzy Gfy with the latest rumblings. Moves, action, and more. And don't forget to also follow our pal and contributor to the pod, the beat writer for WEI at Mike Cadillac, for the latest and greatest of everything going on in the wide world of Pat's Nation.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.